This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This is incredible. You know when you get the text about your STI results? The three-piner. Lads, I've been getting the spreadsheets ready. He knows his stuff, this boy. Or go down the Harry Potter route and send an owl. Well, I think we should get on the Wembley headphones. By the end of the tournament, there may be a kiss. Edison invented the light bulb. And naturally, we had to get Mike Dean to a chicken shop. Get on the moon! <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to that Peter Crouch podcast, World Cup edition, uh, with me, Peter Crouch, Chris Stark and Statman David with me as usual. All okay, boys? Very good. Yes. Statman, good with you? Yeah, very good. I, I thought I'd uh, mix up today um, on the recording and obviously there's some football tonight. So we've got one Japanese lager and then we have a uh, German wheat lager flavoured like grapefruit. So I just thought I'd, I'd spice it up on the podcast. No stout to add to that? Uh, no, it's because we, we've got, you know, countries today that aren't really stouty nations, you know, Germany, Spain, uh, Japan, and I've completely forgotten the other team in the group, but they're not stouty either. Anyway, welcome along to the podcast. Uh, if this is your first time, we're doing a twice weekly World Cup podcast where we're just doing it from our own places. We're all at home. We're in local pubs watching the games. There's very few fans uh, actually at the tournament. So, we thought with this podcast, we can kind of reflect how everyone else is enjoying it. And then we watch the games, jump on here. I'm going to have a beer tonight as well, Dave, but I'm just sticking with the, the single rebellion I've got in front of me. Crouchy, what have you got? Well, believe it or not, I've got Desperado here. Um, yeah, I, I suppose it's in honour of Mexico. Um, <laughs> you know, even though it says it's brewed in the Netherlands. <laughs> You used to be a big fan of the Desperado. I remember you used to have a Desperado fridge where you would watch the football, if I remember right. Yeah, well, I'm waiting on a lout delivery. Um, you know, I did all my louts uh, at Crouch Vest, and I've got, um, I, had a, I had a few, in the, I've got one left in the cupboard, so uh, I, need a, mm. I need a new, a new order of louts. So it's Desperado yeah. at the minute, for some reason. Very good. It's worth stocking up for Christmas on that front, actually. I didn't think of that. Do you know what I haven't done yet? You know, I'm obviously a barbecue cunt, as you call me, and (laughs) a large amount of Box Park were calling me the other day. Um, (laughs) What I like to do, one of the things I do on the barbecue is a barbecue chicken. So Mm. what it is, uh, it's a beer can chicken. I don't know what you're talking about, Chris. So what it is, Crouchy, is you take the beer, open it, take a little sip of the... It needs to be a can of beer, really. So imagine it's a can of Fosters or something like that. You take a little sip of the Fosters, as for the chef, and then you shove the can into the chicken, into the cavity of the chicken, and then place the whole bird almost uh, vertical in the barbecue, and then you cook it in the barbecue, and then the beer steams throughout it. Beer can chicken. What? <laughs> have you never heard of this it's it's really good basically what chris is doing crouch is he's shoving a can of beer up a chicken's ass mm. that is like worse than what mike dean would do to it <laughs> that sounds like the most bizarre thing i've ever heard you're literally stuffing a chicken with a with a tin can 
and <laughs> and cooking it whilst there's a can inside it. It's just, sure, surely there's a, there's a list for this. <laughs> hold on, hold on. I need to get a picture. I can't believe you haven't Whoa. heard of this. This is outrageous. People are people are checking my hard drive, Chris, but they're checking your barbecue. Wow! <laughs> Christ the Wait, wait this, this is a whole new world for you. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! 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 <laughs> that is that's outrageous. <laughs> I mean, listen, you know, as if it's not like undignified enough for a chicken, like you know. <laughs> getting slaughtered by a referee. It's got to have Chris Stark stuffing a fucking a can up its ass. What did these chickens what do these chickens do? What do they do to deserve this? It's how I'd like to go as well though. I'll put this on the podcast now if I ever go. Don't worry. For all the chickens that I've done this to, you can take your revenge by stuffing my ass with a beer can. <laughs> I just wasn't. I, I, I had so many little bits and pieces I wanted to talk about on this podcast. I just did not think that was going to be one of them. Okay. And wow. Just to take it one level up, I'm sending you a picture, boys, of what I've asked my missus for Christmas. Oh, geez. So Shut now, you, now you've seen the process of it. You see the chicken is vertical with the bit, so it's kind of sat on, sat on the beer can. It's like squatting on the beer can. Right? Wow. Look! Look what! Look what I've asked my missus for. <laughs> oh, oh my god! <laughs> Just fired into the WhatsApp group. Crouchy. Any any well, thoughts on that? I mean, the, the the description I can only tell you to the to the people at home. It's a chicken, right? That someone's put sunglasses on the top of his head, and it's riding a motorbike while sat obviously on the can that Chris has shoved up its ass. <laughs> And it's called it's called a beer can chicken motorcycle roaster holder standing chicken grill wrap UK. <laughs> and tell you what, Crouchy, ninety five percent positive feedback on it. <laughs> well, listen, when when this pod goes out, I'm sure we'll get that picture out on the uh, on social media so you can so you can see what we're talking about. But uh, you uh, you know you barbecue people, I knew you were into stuff, but I didn't know I didn't know when this far. <laughs> right lads enough about the chickens the barbecues and the cans England Wales where'd everyone watch the game well yeah I mean I obviously you know Chris has got more of a story than me I think but I uh, I decided obviously if my antics in the last game that I'd, I'd actually try and watch the game uh, be, be, go a bit more Statman Dave on it you know what I mean mm. like sit down and and watch it unfold um, and obviously I was at home with Abby uh, she wanted to watch it she doesn't watch many games so I watched it with her and um I think it'd be really interesting to get a take on stuff because, so, you know, I, 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 let's put it this way. I won't, I won't be doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the golf course then, Crouchy. As much as I love her, I, you know, I, I do love her so much. <laughs> can't, do, can't do that again. For, football's not a forte. Uh, bless her, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever watched an England game with her before? Uh, sorry, I don't... I don't actually know. I don't. I don't think. Well, obviously, we've had people round for like the Euros and last World Cup and things like that, and she's she's been around, you know. But like actually sitting down and sort of like watching it 
quietly together. I don't, I don't think we, we maybe have. It's an odd one, especially for you as a pundit as well, isn't mm. it? Because I guess you're used to turning to people. And when you watch the games, it's normally with other footballers as well. So you have quite an informed footballing opinion from someone next to you. It must be very strange to turn around and ask the questions to Abs. Yeah, it, I mean, the questions were more about like, you know, kits and like people mm. in the stands. Uh, it was more, you know, she she did comment on Grealish's calves. Um, Always, yeah, yeah. yeah Flabbergasted by those, you know, considering that she has me for a husband. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. That's the one negative about your lifestyle, I think, because. See, when my missus talks about Jack Grealish or, you know, when they're putting the shirt on and the abs are out and everything, mm. there's always a comment made, you know. And, and actually, I think it's it's better out than in. It's, in a way, I'd rather the comment was made than me thinking, like, she must be thinking he's ripped. Yeah, no, I get that. I get that. you got you got to give people freedom, right? But there's yeah. a certain amount of freedom that you can give and, you know, you're never really going to get there. So that's fine. Yeah, but you see, for, but Crouch, he's different because he, that is his lane. <laughs> There is a compare and contrast. <laughs> so, so you're saying Big Jackie Grealish is an issue? I know. I think. I think necessarily. No, I don't think she was into the calves. Do you know what I mean? But, but like, it. it there is. There is a problem there. Like you know, a, a comment like "Quah, he's lovely, isn't he? He's good looking." Or um, is, that's too much. I think I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be pleased with that. But, because that's literally that's literally my field, you know what I mean? It's like it's literally like your missus, you know, going, you know, um, Roman Kemp, Christ, like he's <laughs> yeah, Chris Moyles, like, oh, he's a bit of me. Yeah. It's you're so right. It's it, I think it's the only negative about, about your job now that you've retired. Potentially only one. You're so right. It's and for Dave it would be, you know, another stat person. You're you're seeing someone they fancy I don't know. Who's your rival, Dave? Uh, well, there was a few rivals out there. Opta Joe was a big rival for a what bit, but then realised there was no Joe. So, you know, there's no real person behind it. So I'm fine. You know what I mean? Maybe a, a Rachel Riley. She's good with her numbers. <laughs> no comparison there, mate. <laughs> no, no comparison whatsoever. <laughs> Rachel Riley is not a rival for you, Dave. I'm sorry. <laughs> like that's, that's that's rugby union and rugby league. You know, there's two two different disciplines which are going on there. Rachel Riley's big rival is is Carol Vorderman, Surely mm, that's true. That's true. I maybe I'm not maybe I'm not playing in the big leads, leagues yet. You know what I mean? I'm sort of a, a, a League One, League Two player, and they're Premier League, and I've just got to get up to that point, right? Yeah, or just I'm thinking more the other stat people because they must see the success that you have, and then there must be other stat people that pile in and be like, you know, I just want to be like Statman Dave, and you got to look out for those people, Dave, because you're in a new world, aren't you? Your industry's, you know, football's been going a long time. Radio has been going probably as long, um, but you're in a, you're in a new world. Yeah, that's true. We've we're in a, you know we we've, we've been in you know in industries that have been around for a, for a long long time. You're a bit like crypto, aren't you? <laughs> on the way down, on the way out. <laughs> no one really knows how it's been how it's being regulated or or who's controlling it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It's, like, it's basically like a cartel. Um, you know, we us stat men, you have to. We have got a special handshake and stuff. And if you want to join the elite sort of stat people of the world, then you have to go through a I'm sure. vicious, vicious initiation. 
Well, where were you, uh, Chris? Just moving on swiftly. Where were you for the game? I was at Box Park, uh, Wembley Box Park, which was quite nice, actually. It was quite nice going to watch England play uh, sort of in the front of Wembley Stadium. And it was awesome. Do you know, I've not watched a game in there and it is brilliant. But the funniest moment is when you have to watch all the staff putting on the ponchos just before the game starts. <laughs> they all oh, wear really? ponchos because, yeah, because the beers go up in the air. Has that gone too silly? Like, has that gone like, mm, you know, yeah. are people just throwing beer for like, just because yeah. it's, that's what you have to do now? I, I think so. Yeah. Mm. But then is it put me in a tricky position because you obviously want to fit in and do the right thing. But I was up on this balcony bit. They like put me, cause I was working there. I say work, it's not work. Do you know what I mean? They invite some people down, give you a load of drinks, some food, stuff like that. You watch the game, um, play a couple of songs, that kind of thing. So, the thing is, right, when the beers are being thrown around, when the goal goes in, I wasn't really sure what you should do because if I was to throw the beer up in the air, it, it it's not the same. Do you know what I mean? You're not in like mm. in the in the proper throng of it. And if equally, if you sort of dash the beers off the balcony, it felt a bit sort of disrespectful, really, mm. to be just lobbing beers off the side. Yeah, I agree. But it was good. I got to say, for watching for watching the game and everything, it was good fun and. I think the mistake I made on this podcast was explaining how I'd um, fallen asleep in the first England game just because we were playing so well and there was confidence about it because because um, of where I was stood, these lads all down the bottom, they kept looking up at me and doing the sort of bedtime gesture that you do <laughs> to your kids. <laughs> you know, I love, I love when you do these DJ things. I love the fact that you just get... Like all references to the pod and stuff, it's it's great. Every morning I get up, crack a dawn, and you know what? I think people listen to the radio and stuff like that, but it's all just people holding up the phones. You know, pancake, you know, <laughs> bedtime, question mark, <laughs> barbecue. <laughs> I've always got to explain it. I brought some mates to, to Box Park. They're like, why, why are they telling you to go to sleep? You have to explain it. <laughs> but it's great. I love this little world and I love we can all have a laugh with it. Mm-hmm. Should we talk about the game? So what was the, um, what was kind of your afterthoughts, Crouchy? I mean, first half, I think we can all agree was, people said it was dull. Was it tactically just slowed down a bit? Do the stats back that up, Dave? Where, where do you see it, Crouchy? Yeah, no, I was um, like first half, I just felt like we passed the ball quite nicely, but it was so much between John Stones and Harry Maguire. It was, it was, it felt like it was too, it was going on for too long. And I, I, I you know, we, we kept the ball well, we didn't play badly. Um, but then second half, we, I just think we, you know, we ramp it up a bit and we start playing quicker, more incisive. And, uh, and that's when we're at our best, you know, getting the ball to the forward players who can then, you know, turn and, and create and, you know, I was, I was pleased with him starting Foden and, and Rashford. I thought that was it was brave. It was great to get minutes into Carl Walker. Um, you know, Henderson comes in and bosses it. Uh, so there were so many positives. But, um, you know, the, the big plus was Marcus Rashford getting yeah. getting the goals he did, you know, full of confidence now. And, and that's great going into the knockout stages. How do you see it, Dave? Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. I thought they were, they were very pedestrian in that first half. And I feel like... In games like that, similar to the USA game, when a team comes and it sits a bit off the ball and they kind of a 4-4-2 block and they, they force England wide, England struggle a little bit. I think players like Trent Alexander-Arnold could be very, very valuable. I thought when he came on, he brought a kind of calmness, but real quality in possession. 
where he was finding those passes in between the line and England were getting up the pitch. Crouch, do you think that's a, it's a real option for Gareth? Because we've seen Trippier start, we've seen Walker start, but we've not seen Trent yet. Yeah, but like I, I totally agree with you. Like I, I said right from the start, I would have played, I would have played Trent in in all three of the games um, personally, just because you know the best footballers we have should be on the pitch when you're playing Iran, Wales, um, and USA. You can have possession of the ball, and you know you're one of the best passers you know potentially we've ever seen in in our country. Um, should be on the pitch, I think. Um, and there are issues with regard to defensively, um, which I think, you know, later on in the tournament, I, I could see yeah, a Trippier or, you know, Kyle Walker coming in there. But I think in those games, I would have just played him. Um, and I think you can see with the quality when he came on, um, you know, just how good he is. And I don't know if you saw, did you see Cafu's comments? Yeah. About Trent. Oh, brilliant. Just saying that um, they said the same, you know, they said, defensively myself and Roberto Carlos were weak, you know, and we, we did okay. <laughs> we did, we did okay. Lifted lift the world cup, you know, not, okay. Yeah. It's one of those, isn't it? It's like if Trent, if Trent was Brazilian, you know, he'd start every game. And I think that that's kind of the side to like England right now is that they've got these tools. They've got so many different weapons, you know, from Rashford to Sterling, to Saka, to Grealish, to Foden to the fullbacks, but they need to get the right players, I think, in at the right time. Um, but I did like Crouch, as you mentioned there, Rashford was absolutely sensational. No player scored more goals at the World Cup than Marcus Rashford. And considering he's been, you know, on the bench for the first the first game and then started it for, you know, for the game against, you know, the final group game, I thought really, really took it on well. And it's very exciting as a Manchester United fan to see him in this form. It really is because it's, it's been a bit of time. We always say this on this podcast, keep firing in the questions, send them in. Uh, you can send them via email or just get into our DMs, the podcast DMs, my DMs. I'd say Crouchies, he's not going to check them. Um, Statman Dave's DMs. Uh, it's it's all good. We love getting them. We've had so many messages as well throughout the World Cup. Uh, boys, do one of you have one? Should we get into them? Yeah, I've got, uh, well, there's so many, by the way, like people are really getting involved in this. Uh, but I've got one here from Jake and he says, uh, what do you think of the ITV curse? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do, have you heard of this, Dave? So I have, yeah. And I've obviously spent the next, the last um, 24 hours awake uh, looking into this curse because it's something that's really troubling me and it's troubling the nation. So I want to give the nation some answers. Uh, since 1998, England have played 28 times live on ITV in major tournaments. They've won six times. They've got 13 draws and nine defeats. A win rate on ITV in major tournaments, 21%. You flip that to the BBC. 27 games, 19 wins, 70% win rate. And lads, this goes even further. If we just break down the World Cup, when England play on the BBC, 75% win rate. When they play on ITV, 13%. I'm concerned. I don't know where to begin to analyse this. (laughs) Um, Is there any reasoning behind this? I mean, that's a big swing. That's a massive difference, isn't it? It is a big swing. I think there's obviously, you know, the difficulty of, of opponent. I think the opponents are a little bit harder than we've faced on ITV versus the BBC. But I think we need a petition quick time. You know, this game is fast approaching. We need to get it to the BBC. Do I need to get Satanta back on board? <laughs> <laughs> back from the death. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, a, what a weird situation that. And it must be coincidence, right? I mean, there is not one reason... Can we think of one reason here why there should be any sort of issue on that front? But also, as we've talked about before, 
football fans and football players are superstitious people. And if it feels like we're more likely to win. And also, if even the fact we're talking about this right now and some of the lads, England players, listen to this podcast and, you know, obviously this kind of thing's probably doing the rounds on social and in the media, then um, they're hearing it. Is, is it kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy? Do you see what I mean? So it gets into their heads and then that has an effect overall. <laughs> but one thing I'm going to try to defend this with is, Dave, as a stat guy, how can you break down that stat so it looks a little more fair? So, for example, are there more draws with ITV than BBC? Yes, there are more draws. 13 draws on ITV, uh, five on the BBC in major tournaments. The other thing I'd say as well, Chris, is obviously England's win rate will you know, have a, an average over over time. Because it's lower on ITV, as a statistician, I'd expect England to win more on ITV now to balance mm. it out with the BBC. So BBC are currently at a high win rate. ITV should kind of come out. So we should lose more on the BBC from a stats perspective. Yeah. Ooh. And when England lose, do they lose by more goals when on the BBC or on ITV? Do, do you see what I mean? Like We should make it your job to kind of try and give confidence for the move to not happen. And this isn't a BBC bashing thing before we go down that route. It's That's not it. It's just we need to not be hasty about proposing big moves here, I think. In mathematics, Chris, it's known as the law of large numbers. So any nerds out there will know what I'm talking about. <laughs> how are you, Dave, how are you staying across all this, though, whilst um, people are peppering you um, on, dating <laughs> a- on dating apps? It's been really tough, Crouch. I'm thinking about getting a PA to kind of manage the dating apps for me. So maybe even three or four PAs, someone that can do Tinder, um, you know, Bumble's still there, Hinge is still there. So, you know, get them to kind of filter out for me and then we've got the best of the best people that come with the statistics and we may take it a bit further. We get so many messages about the idea of a stat-based dating app or just Statman Dave being on a dating app. And we will get onto that before this podcast ends. We, we get... So many messages about this, Dave. It's so good. It's so good. (laughs) Sticking with the football, though, we should have a brief discussion about Wales. Um, Obviously, commiserations. As a, um, maybe from a pundit point of view, Crouchy, did Wales underperform this World Cup? Yeah, I don't think you can dress this up. Um, you know, I know it's the first time in 64 years they've been at a World Cup. It was an incredible achievement, you know, and the nation was incredibly proud. But I still think that there's enough ability in that, um, you know, dressing room, in that, in that Wales team to have done better than they did. I think Iran were not a great side. I think they, you know, they should have done better in that game. Obviously, England was always going to be difficult. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, they just didn't give a great showing of themselves. But, you know, they can still, they can still be very proud of what they achieved. No Wales team has, has qualified, as you said, for, for 64 years. So, um, I just felt that some of the players like Joe Allen, you know, Ramsey, uh, Bale, who've been such great servants for Wales and players I know well, you know, I played with, with against Ramsey lots of times and, and obviously played with Joe Allen and Gareth Bale and they're great lads as well. And, um, you know, I really wanted them to, to obviously do well. Um, but yeah, it just wasn't to be this time. And what a generation. You, you are right, I think, to point that out that a lot of the players, and maybe this will signal a, a, a new change in that team. But those players that have kind of brought Wales to 
what, where did they get to in the, what was that Euros run? Was Euros, it wasn't that a semi final? Yeah. Semi, yeah. I mean, that was unbelievable. That's less like that was amazing. That you know, you've got to give them a lot of respect for the way that they've gone and done that. And then this this World Cup, it's a shame they didn't get further. The gotta say, if there was a an award for the anthems being sung at the you know, <laughs> it's so special when you watch that anthem being sung and it cuts the fans and it's it is an amazing moment. It is, it is really, like it, it genuinely is. Like, well, we all know about Mr. Evans, you know, my first uh, headmaster who made us learn the Welsh National Anthem in an English school. <laughs> Absolute housery. <laughs> That's how passionate he was. I literally knew the Welsh National Anthem in Welsh before I knew the English one. <laughs> it's a great, it is great though, isn't it? But yeah, hopefully, hopefully they kick on now. And um, do you think this is Bale's last? Is this Bale's last tournament? Crouchy, what didn't, do you reckon? It didn't sound like it, did it? Like it, it sounded like he wanted to carry on. Like I know he didn't answer many questions about it, but he didn't rule himself out, did he? So never say never. I think with Wales as well, it's time for kind of some younger players to, to go through. Like Brennan Johnson is such an exciting talent. Like, you know, yes. obviously Bale's had a fantastic career, but Brennan Johnson's kind of the next guy, 21 years old, you know, doing it in the Premier League at the moment. I feel like for Wales, it's, it's just a bit, of, a bit of transition and they'll be back. Stronger. Do you feel it's the new generation though? Do you feel this will see a few of those players, the ones that Crouchy just mentioned there? Do you think there'll be a new guard that come through there? I think so. I think there's there's it's it's kind of time to move it on. What Gareth's thirty three now. So you think in the next World Cup he'll be thirty seven, the next Euros will be thirty five. Is it to be reliant on someone like Gareth? Obviously Kiefer Moore's broken onto the stage a little bit later, so his career will will kind of continue. Aaron Ramsey's still thirty one, he could potentially make the Euros. But I think for from a planning perspective, you know, you've got to think about who's coming next. How old is Gareth Bale? Thirty three. Fuck off. He's thirty three. Yeah. He's deceptively he young. I thought, I thought he was the same age as you, Crouchy. I thought he was like, I thought he weren't far off you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, I suppose I can see we are both athletic, quick. I suppose I can see where you've, you've thought that. What age, what age did you retire again? 38. What age was your last international? Uh... I'm gonna I'm gonna say about thirty, thirty one, yeah. something like that. Yeah. yeah, he's so influential, though, isn't he? You know, when you see that clip of him doing that, you gotta keep fucking running. Did you see that? It's like a different man, yeah. Like playing for Wales, he does. It's just something comes over him, but it's just it's just a tremendous amount of pride, isn't it? Do you think he'd be a good manager? Uh, I, I don't. I don't think you'll see him going to management. I, I, I'd in fact have a very safe bet on that really but you never know you never know because there's people like who who i never thought would go into it like ashley carl and you know titus bramble players i didn't think that would you know didn't see them being management material and then uh and then they, and then they are very good at it but if you're a wales fan surely you want to see someone like gareth bale get into management there you know what i mean he loves it like the fans respect how much he leads that team but you know what it's just like there's generations of teams isn't there you know and you've got to phase out the older generation bring through the new like Belgium for instance they're going through it as well now um you know Kevin De Bruyne's comments about some of those players being too old he, he, you know categorically said that we're too old we won't win it and that was before the tournament began and then you know the tournament was a disaster for them mm. 
Crouch, how would you take those comments if you were in that squad, let's say, and he was saying you're too old? Let's say if it's if it's you at maybe 31. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be happy. Like I think Vertonghen come out and said said you know something tongue in cheek, didn't he? Like maybe we're just too old. I think it was Vertonghen. Um, but in all honesty, he, he was right. I think you know there are there's you know there are top players in that side. I look at them and it's littered with top players, isn't it? But they are coming towards you know they're all in their thirties now, and you know that isn't that is an issue. And I think when you've got too many players in their thirties and not enough sort of youth around them, then it, it you know, it, it becomes an issue. And I mean, they were, they had an awful tournament, didn't they? Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Just on that age thing, I was looking into the numbers again. I've, I've had a pretty boring week. Um, and from the World Cup in 1950 to 2014, the average age of the squad that won the World Cup was just over 26, 26.4. Question, what is the average age of the England squad in Qatar? You're going to tell me 26.4? I'm going to tell you, Crouchy. 26.4. So, so you mean 20, you mean 26, someone who's 26 and four months, although 0.4, I guess of 12 is, wouldn't be, but you you get what I'm saying. Why are you complicating this, Chris? <laughs> well, no, what I'm saying is, is they're 26. Aren't they? <laughs> the 0.4 is irrelevant. Chris, just go relax, go shove a can up a chicken's ass, <laughs> chill out, <laughs> do whatever you do in that man cave of yours. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Should we move on to a different team? Yeah. How about Australia? I know a lot of the um, listeners to this podcast, we, we have a, a huge amount of people who listen in Australia. There's loads of people who want to crouch fest in Australia, by the way. I've had messages about this. Maybe we should get over there one day. You know, like, listen, I've got, I've got a message from, from John. Um, Australia's Jason Cummings nickname is Cumdingo. Crouchy. <laughs> who were the, the teammates that had the weirdest or funniest nicknames? Um, I didn't know Cum Dingo is a, is a it's a classic Australian nickname that isn't it, I think. <laughs> Cum, Cum Dingo. Belter. <laughs> Absolute belter. Um, Crouch, did you have any teammates that had weird ones? Well, obviously, I played at QPR with Fitzall, and we all know that one size, one size. Um, is one of the is one of the greatest football nicknames of all time. He didn't particularly like it, um, so, and he was a big lad, so he didn't often get called it. I'm trying to think of other great footballing ones that, I mean, nicknames are just great to chat about anyway, aren't they? But yeah. Some of the great footballing, great footballing nicknames. Yeah, but it's been, it's been some, it's been some classics. I think I talked about my mate who's got, his mate's called James Pond and his nickname's 006. <laughs> <laughs> of course, Parched. Parched is a belter. Parched is now, by the way, footballing terminology. It's just out there now, isn't it? Everyone seems to use it, you know, for, for lots of different reasons, you know, like people in work, people in um, football, people in the stands, you know, even the Japanese national team, you know, for cleaning up, we're called parched. 
Works so well, doesn't it? What about some of your teammates, Crouchy? Should we go um, go through sort of team by team? Was there any that you can remember or have forgotten? I've never heard a nickname for what was Jamie Carragher? What were some of those players like? Did they was there just not nicknames? Loads of like, yeah, of course, but like just Cara, do you know what I mean? Like Stevie, yeah, that would, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. John Arisa was Ginge. Um, did, Here we go. Did, 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 did the man was, um, was Kaiser. Why is that? Uh, well, he's a German, like, he's a German, like, leader, isn't he? Captain. Of course. Um, what about Spurs, Crouchy? Woody was the llama. You know, we knew, we, you know, we know, we know that. He sort of called himself the llama. Um, <laughs> self-proclaimed well he, he just thought he looked like a llama which is actually if you look at it he does <laughs> there's there's so many like fire in by the way dms email good nicknames and we can discuss them on this pod there's so many good ones i like this one i saw um i saw on twitter this is from simon uh, he says a guy i worked with was called gary gray his nickname was gary anagram how about this one from helen one of our blokes only has four fingers his nickname kit kat (laughs) 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 i had one here as well uh baxter campbell nickname was two soups (laughs) (laughs) two soups One of my favourites of all time is Wayne Bruce, Man Pat. <laughs> Man Pat. I remember you putting this up on social. That's my <laughs> best. My favourite. Absolute belter. I mean, it's genius, isn't it? <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> Please, any good nicknames. It really makes me laugh. Crouchy, I think this is like one of the funniest things for you. I think you could go to a stand-up night and someone just read out nicknames. I just find it, yeah, but like they have to be real ones. You know what I mean? If you're just, if you're just making names up, like it, mm. you know, if, if it's actually someone's name like, and they have to, they have to live with it. Imagine, <laughs> imagine being man Pat. Do you know what I mean? Like actually, <laughs> and then you have to explain yourself. Like, why are you called, mate, why are you called man Pat? Should we find man Pat? There must be one out there. Do you know what I mean? Like, even if, you know, it's not, it's a, it's not like, that's a name that must exist. Wayne Bruce. <laughs> okay. We're looking for a Wayne Bruce man bat. <laughs> and you want ID. If you are, if you are a man bat, um, please, please email in. If we can get man bat, if, if you can get in touch and, and genuinely you are a man bat or you know a man bat, we will have them on this podcast, surely. What What is the greatest nickname? Like, there must be. F- there's so many Sunday league teams or Saturday, mm. you know, football clubs who who would say that they they've got a mate who's got the best nickname. Send mm. them in because we 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 love them on this pod. Yeah. So as we keep saying, just fire it into the DMs, or you can email us. Uh, the email address is what Dave Peter dot Crouch at acast dot com. Yeah. Should we talk dating? Yes, yeah, quick, quick well. round up. <laughs> I always feel like on this on this World Cup podcast we have to we have to clear up the World Cup incidents, then we get on, <laughs> then we can get into the real stuff. So if you're new to this, <laughs> Statman Dave here, we floated the idea. There's been a few ideas actually surrounding this topic, but could we set up a dating app that was for people that love stats as much as Dave? You know, finding the <laughs> ultimate partner. 
Um, and then actually, is there a wider business? You know, could this be the new grinder, for example? Um, last podcast, we floated the idea of a, a, a sort of the equivalent of what I suppose would be a lap dancing club, but it's just stat people dancing around poles, uh, just giving you stats whilst seedy people stand on the side stuffing their pants full of money. Imagine, no, I've just imagined, I've just imagined like, you know, Dave like leading right into someone's ear and like whispering, um, <laughs> Mbappe, 67% win ratio. Yeah, no, I think, I think what, the, the one I'd probably use for yesterday was um, Eduardo Camavinga won 18 jewels against Tudor. <laughs> Uh, that's oh the most goals won by a Frenchman in a single World Cup match in our, uh, you know, <laughs> since nineteen. Can Why can't we do this? Can we hire <laughs> out a strip club? Please bring Dave down and invite people in to just hear stats. Anyway, loads of messages as I was saying on this. I mean, there's lots of angles to go at. So, shall we just go through a couple of these messages and just get thoughts? Yeah, yeah, may as well. Um, also. The other part of this sort of stat-based dating is we're encouraging people during the World Cup who are on dating apps to use stats that Dave gives as kind of talking points. Um, see, you know, how they go down, various stats, how different countries' stats go go down on your hinge, your, your plenty of fish and all that. Uh, we've got a message from Alfie. who says, um, I've been testing stats out on my Tinder profile. Here's the exchange. Oh, I like these. It's like the screen grab of the messages that are going to and from right. two, two people that have matched. So he's put, good evening. I have... <laughs> good evening. Good I have... A... <laughs> it's good already. <laughs> Why would you put that as your... <laughs> so he's matched with someone. Good evening. Good evening. <laughs> I have a fun fact for you. Did you know Portuguese footballer Fernando Peirateo has the highest goals-to-game ratio in the history of football at a whopping 1.77 goals-to-game. Now, that is crazy. Where are we looking to go for a date? Question mark. That's how it ended. Incredible. (laughs) The response is good. Says, hey, I'm not the biggest football fan, but that is pretty cool. Depends how nice you're thinking. See, it works. It's good. I mean, that's worked really well, isn't it? Like, she's not into football and she's, you know, she doesn't know who Pay Mateo is. Um, you know, his goals to game ratio is, is incredible. But um, great response. I mean, she's took that really well. I think you're also getting, you know, you're as we, we sort of chatted about the last podcast, you know, where I should be going right now is to, to the, the bars, the pubs and watch the football, the World Cup live to see if there's someone that likes football as well. I think with this question and with this lead, you're working out whether your potential date is into football or is not into football. I think that's a big thing. Imagine she came back with, you know, it's, it's actually 1.76. <laughs> um, you know, he's a player I've been studying for a while now. Um, I've been following him. Be, I mean, that's just something like that. Like, be awesome. Message from Adam says, I'm one of your listeners from Australia. See, there's loads of people listening in Australia. Mm, I was wondering if Statman Dave has any Socceroos stats that I can whack on my dating profile. Australia have qualified for the knockout rounds of the World Cup for only the second time in their history. The last time they qualified in 2006, they went out to eventual winners, Italy. <laughs> I love how he, how specific Adam is there for a stat. And maybe my idea of this pod now is, I'm thinking, like, if this is what people are really into, they just want one fact, you know, one quick hit. Mm. Um, 
why don't we set up a premium rate line and just for one night, Dave, have you available through the night for anyone that wants to call and just hear you give stat. So no, like, no longer am I a stripper, but I'm working basically on Babe Station. Well, yeah, I mean, maybe you're right. Maybe the progression on that is if we earn enough money from it, we put you on a rogue, you know, channel like 350 or something. Like, the dream one. would be Dave Station. <laughs> Oh my god. And it's you just waving a phone at the camera. Like, oh it's my just, god. It's just like you that. waving a phone. Yeah. One of these all like waves. <laughs> call me. Call me. Call me. Doing the fingers on hand sort of thing. And then people can call up. <laughs> call up. And you can, surely we can do one. We've got to do one of these. It's sacrilege. These ideas yeah. have not been. It's too, I mean, this is this is too good. Let's do this. Let's just set this up. Let's get Dave Station go. I mean, we can, I don't know like who, who's in charge of Babe Station, but imagine Dave Station. We take it over for one day, even if even if it's for, like comic relief or something. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> fuck it. Just, let's do the just, money for charity for an evening. Like, <laughs> money for great. charity. Money for charity. We set up. You set up a big. You know, we get Dave on the bed, and we just we just get people to call up. <laughs> It's, like, it's totally unnecessary, isn't it? It's, but you're right, it should be that. Oh, wow. I wish everyone could just hear the mini production meeting we just had around <laughs> Dave Station and its potential. I think I think it's a goer. I, th- I really do. Um, and we, do, we, we say a lot of stuff on this podcast. We have a lot of ideas. If there is the demand for this, um, we, we will go for it. We will do it. So, so leave that with us, boys. Amazing pod, um, weird. I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. And like you say, you know, these some of these ideas that, that, that have come come to fruition. Um, if you can get Dave Station off the ground, that would be great. I'm really enjoying the World Cup at the moment, lads. Um, you know, I think England are playing great stuff as well, and I just hope that they can continue it. Uh, Chumbawamba back stronger. Piss off, Carl. Yeah, nice, Dave. Anything to add? No, just the chicken chat was probably one of the best chats we've had in a long time. Chumbawamba. Oh, yeah. He's never heard of this. Um, please, please send Crouchy Twitter. Bombard him. Pictures of beer can chicken. Chumbawamba, everyone. I don't want to see it. <laughs> Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Brought to you by Lexus. Some things do more than their stated functions because exceptional things inspire you to do exceptional things. To this select list, we add the all-new Lexus GX. With its exceptional capability, you'll see possibilities you never knew existed, sending you far outside your comfort zone. But as much as the GX challenges you, it also spoils you. Its intuitive technology and luxurious features mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. Live up to it. The all-new Lexus GX. 
I couldn't sell my house for love nor money, Crouchy. Three different offers I had, all at the last minute, fell through. I turned round to my wife and said, what can we do to sell this house? Every estate agent is failing us. Then I told her, let's go to a load of pricks.net. But Chris, what did a load of pricks do for you? They were brilliant, Crouchy. They sold my house right away. The sign had barely gone up when a well-dressed gentleman came along and offered me twice the asking price. Chris, would you use a load of pricks again? I'd use them every time, Crouchy. Go to a load of pricks.net. They will sell your house like no other. Load of pricks, load of pricks.net.